So here's the other cool tip. And I do this all the time. My wife and I both. It's a big uh, tool for us. You can do a CPR for outside the negotiating area as well. In fact, you can do a CPR for your business. You can do CPR for your health. You can do CPR for your relationship. You can do CPR for your life, right? Any area of your life, you, CPR is an unbelievably powerful tool to help drill down on exactly what you want, what your underlying why is, and who you need to be to get it. Welcome to the Fueling Deals Podcast, the podcast that teaches how to accelerate your business growth through all types of deals. It's time to fuel up, so buckle in with your host, Corey Kupfer. There are only two ways to grow your business, organically through sales and marketing and providing great products and services, and inorganically through deals. Welcome to the podcast, which will help accelerate your business growth inorganically. My guests are a huge variety of deal makers and experts on all types of deals who have personal experience that can help you grow, get clear, learn best practices, and avoid mistakes. We discuss everything from large, complex mergers and acquisitions to smaller deals that you can do even without significant capital. Today is a solo cast, and on this solo cast, I'm going to continue my series of uh, solo casts that I've done talking about the different uh, major aspects and chapters of my um, uh, book. So uh, the book is Authentic Negotiating. Clarity, Detachment, and Equilibrium, The Three Keys to True Negotiating Success and How to Achieve Them. It was an Amazon bestseller. It came out a, uh, a few years ago. Um, and, um, you know, in addition to what I've been doing on this solo cast, there are some great illustrations and stories and, you know, more depth in the book. So definitely uh, check it out. You know, you get it on Amazon or any of the other, you know, bundlenoble.com, that kind of stuff. Or go to coreycuffer.com and pick it up on the website. So, We've covered in, in past solo casts, uh, the last four or five uh, solo casts, the fundamental framework of clarity, detachment, and equilibrium, the six reasons negotiations fail, the top five steps to becoming a great negotiator, and on the last one, how to deal with inauthentic negotiating uh, techniques. You know, what are they and how to handle them? And now we come to the final uh, solo cast about the, the book specifically, and chapter six and seven of the book discuss the same thing, chapter, uh, which is called CPR. And I call it a negotiating saving framework because it is the most powerful um, framework that I have had. It's a tool on how to prepare for a negotiation and it sort of gets you, uh, takes into account all the other things that we talked about, um, including the fundamental clarity, detachment, and equilibrium um, framework. And it's, it's a way to actually put it into practice and prep for a negotiation. So chapter six of the book um, lays out the... Um, the framework, and then gives a, a case study of a very high, uh, uh, you know, very important big negotiation on which I coached a client through um, how to handle that situation and help them with their CPR. So we give a real life example, which I won't talk about in detail here, but it's in chapter six of the book. And then chapter seven talks about how you actually use CPR in your own negotiations, which is really what I'm going to focus on uh, talking about here and giving the high level of that. So what is CPR? All right, what does it stand for? It stands for context, purpose, and results. Now, we're going to take them in reverse order. Um, so anytime you go into a negotiation, you want to be clear on the results that you want to get out of it. Now, that may seem very basic, very simple. And frankly, that's the one out of CP and R that most people do at least some work on. Some people do a good job on it. Frankly, some people 
don't even do a great job on that. They maybe have some vague knowledge of what they want in terms of results in the, you know, in the, in their minds, but they don't write it down. They don't get super specific. They don't, you know, going back to the fundamental framework of clarity, detachment, and equilibrium, they don't get clarity at the level they need to on exactly what the results they want out of negotiation and what's acceptable and not. I won't spend a lot of time there because we spent a lot of time on it um, in the solo cast where I talked about clarity. Um, so you can go back to that one. Uh, but you want to be super clear on your results. But here's the thing. That's not enough, right? That's at best what most people do. But they don't do the, the C and the P part. So again, we're going to continue go, going backwards here uh, in the CPR framework. Uh, and, and, um, and by the way, you may end up, we'll talk about this. Some people actually do it in this order where they do the results first, then they do the purpose, then they do the context. For some people, it really works better to do it the opposite way, or they may do it the middle one. So whatever way it works for you, you'll find your own way. Um, and I'll talk, maybe I'll mention sort of how I do it a little later. But um, the point is, I'm going to talk about them in this, this order but you don't have to necessarily do them in this order. Um, so let's say, so the R is results. Now, what's the P? The P is purpose. Now, what do I mean by the purpose in this context? Well, so it's, it's sort of the, the, the ultimate why, right? And I, I've talked about it in past uh, uh, solo casts and, and on some of the other uh, podcasts. And, you know, also we discussed a lot in the book, you know, is, is getting to that underlying why, right? You know, Simon Sinek has the, the great book about getting to why. There's a lot of people have talked about that. We want to, you know, like, why are you in this negotiation? Why do you want that result? And I will mention a little example from uh, chapter six of the book where I do give that case study where it, it was it was a bad partnership situation that my clients had gotten themselves into. They hated the other people. It was really bad. And um, they, um, uh, you know, and, and their purpose, I mean, at first they were just like, we need to get the heck out of here, right? You know, well, that's not really a purpose, right? What, what's the, a purpose should be, um, it's got to be like a positive why, right? If you're in reaction to something negative, that's not the core of your purpose. It could be a driving factor in helping you make that decision. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with saying, hey, I want to not be in a place where uh, I hate it or where I have terrible partners, but that can't be the driving force. So for them, for example, they got to the place where it was about getting their freedom back, Okay. And what that, what that meant to them is the ability to make their own decisions, not be subject to a management structure they didn't agree with, the ability to handle their clients the way they wanted to handle it and provide the, the services, the types of services, the scope of services, the level of services that they felt they weren't able to provide where they were in that, in that, uh, in that prior business. Um, so, they, you know, there's a process that we do with clients to get them down to figure out what that why is, what that purpose is, what is the underlying reason you're in this negotiation? Why do you want to, you know, get that uh, conflict situation resolved? Why do you want to get that deal negotiated and done? What is the reason for it at, you know, at, at a... Uh, uh, at a high level. And, and I love the uh, technique. I've mentioned it um, in the past about that Honda always used, which is, um, which is called the five whys, right? When you say, well, why do I want to do this? What's the purpose? Why? Um, so you're doing a deal to um, buy another company. Well, why do I want to do this? Well, I want to, I want to grow. Well, why do you want to grow? Well, uh, there are certain services in certain areas that we uh, that our clients can really use that we don't necessarily provide, and this will you know, and this will will help with that. Okay, great. Why is that important to you? 
Well, it's really important that my clients, you know, are being super well served and that we, uh, you know, give them everything that they need to achieve their goals. Well, wh- why is that important to you? Well, I really care about people and I really, you know, what drives me in business is sure I want to make money, but the fact that I can help people um, achieve their objectives and, and uh, send their kids to college and have them be more successful or have them, you know, have a deeper understanding about themselves or have them be more, uh, you know, uh, financially secure, whatever the driver is, right? So you notice, and that was only four wise, we can dig deeper and deeper and deeper to get to a very core place on, on what your why is in any situation. And the same is true for a negotiation. So in that negotiation, you want to get to that deep why. And in the example in the book where, I, where the clients came to getting their freedom back, the interesting part was, you know, we were playing back and forth. There were some of the suggestions that came up. But when that wording came out, they were like, that's it. And that's what happens when you get your purpose. And the same thing with your context. It'll resonate with you, right? It'll, it'll be in your being. It'll be in your soul. You'll be like, that's it. And, and the words need to resonate with you. And it doesn't matter whether they resonate with anybody else, except, of course, if you're on a, in a partnership on a team, have multiple people negotiating, then you need to get alignment. But the point is, in terms of outside folks, it doesn't matter. It's got to speak to you, okay? So... In, in that situation in the book, they had a list of results they wanted in terms of negotiating their way out of this partnership, um, you know, and, and, and how much money they were willing to pay to do that because they had gotten a lot of money coming in. Um, and, you know, uh, results around being able to take all their clients and, and having it go smooth for them and timing and all this kind of stuff, right? But those results would have been a lot harder to obtain if they hadn't gotten clear that their biggest purpose was to get their freedom back, okay? And I'll, and I'll explain why as we go to the next step. So what's the next step? Now you say, okay, I understand my purpose. What is my context? And what do, what do I mean by context? So context is the being conversation, okay? So results, okay, are about doing in a way, right? Like I want to achieve these results. We're going to negotiate for this, et cetera. The purpose is, is the why that underlies those results. And the context is who you need to be to obtain that purpose and those results. Now, for some people, that's a conversation they understand easily. And for some, you know, who haven't worked in, in this, not only in negotiation, but in the general conversation of being, uh, you know, it may be a little foreign foreign. So let me sort of break it down, right? We are um, very trained to be in action and to do things and to make things happen, especially as entrepreneurs, as business leaders, etc. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's one of our great traits, right? You know, that we, we do, we make decisions, we take action, we get out there. Um, but there's another level in addition to that, that is on the level of being, of who we show up as being in the room. And if you go back to um, the solo cast, uh, or if you read the book, where I talk about the uh, top six reasons negotiations fail, a lot of those are related to being, right? I talk about being in fear or scarcity or being rigid, um, you know, or being in your ego, right? Those are being conversations. And as I, have, you know, uh, talk about in the book, 
um, if you, no matter what kind of tactical training you've gotten in negotiating, if your state of being is not in the right place, if you, you know, if you've learned some cool tactics, but you're in a place of fear or scarcity when, or desperation, when you go into a negotiation, you're going to be in trouble no matter what it is. So it's a similar conversation when we get to the CDE, I mean, uh, to the CPR, to the C and CPO, which is context is who are you going to be coming into the room? So in the example in chapter six, in the case study that I give, and, and it's really worth reading that whole case study, it's a phenomenal example of how uh, CPR was so effectively uh, uh, you know, um, used uh, to get a successful result. Um, but you know, in that case, there, so you, let me take a step back. You always have a context. All right. It's sort of like I would say this uh, because it's become popular to talk about that every company has a culture, whether it's by design or by default, there's always a culture. Well, similarly, you always have a context. It's, you, know, you, have, you always have a place of, uh, where you're coming from or a place you know, of being. And uh, in their case, their place of being by default was we're up, upset, angry. We hate these guys. They're horrible. Right. That was their place of being. Well, since they had bad legal agreements, meaning and we hadn't been involved in, in, in doing that deal for them, um, they had very restrictive agreements and were not in a strong legal position to um, try to leverage their way and being in a place of, you know, of, of adversity and hate and upset was not a, a, a way of being that would get them the results, the purpose and the results they wanted. They needed to negotiate a collaborative deal with these people who they hated and they thought, didn't think highly of, not only to achieve their objectives, but also for it to be a smooth transition for the clients, which was super important to them. So when I raised this context with, you know, this conversation of context with them, and I said, you know, what's your context that you're holding? What's the place you're being? At first, they didn't understand it. Then they realized their context was, we hate these people. We're, we want to get the hell out of here. We, you know, they're, they're horrible human beings, et cetera. And they agreed that that would not serve their purpose of, um, of getting their freedom back and achieve the results they wanted. So what, what you have to do is look at what your context needs to be, what your commitment needs to be in terms of a being level when you go into these negotiations. And for them, all right, and again, I, you know, I, I, I said I wasn't going to give their whole story, so definitely it's worth the read, trust me, but I'm going to give it a, you know, just a high level as examples. They realize the first thing is, oh, we need to be calm because if we get triggered, and we are triggered right now. If we get triggered, they're going to get triggered. It's going to get adversarial. Egos are going to start coming up, and we're not going to be in a good position. So that was a tough one for them because they weren't calm when we started, but they realized that calm was one of them. The other one they realized was patient because although they um, really wanted to get out, there was no inherent deadline. They wanted to get out because they didn't think their clients were being well served because they didn't like it there, but there was no inherent deadline on it. And the more anxious uh, and desperate they seemed to get out, the, more, the less leverage they had, and the other side would pick up on that. So they realized they had to be patient, right? Again, not an easy one. But so now they had calm and patient. And then uh, they, you know, they looked at, uh, at, at some of the other things I want. There's actually four of them, but let me skip to, you know, I'll, I'll leave one so maybe you'll, you'll, you'll pick up the book, but even more so just for time here. Um, the, they realized uh, that, that the ones they had were good because it had to shift their state from a place they weren't in, but they also didn't want to be taken advantage of. These were tough negotiators. These were hardcore business people. So they needed to find one that was um, 
a little stronger than, you know, than, than just calm patient, et cetera, right? So w- what was it about it? They, they thought about, well, we can't be aggressive, right? Aggressive is, you know, would, would trigger them into their, and this was, you know, their particular experience would trigger them into their, um, their upset, their ego, their, their, you know, that kind of stuff, right? And they thought about, um, well, you know, what is that word that connotates staying strong, but is not uh, in upset or ego or reaction? And the word they came up with was firm. And for them, that was the word that resonated, right? That they wanted to be firm, calm, patient, and I'll I don't want to play games yet. The fourth one was collaborative, so I'll give it to you, right? And that was a tough one for them too because they didn't want to collaborate, but they knew that for things to be strong, they had to be collaborative. So if they were calm, patient, and collaborative, they needed something else in there that was firmer, that, you know, that was stronger, and they came up with the word firm. And that's, so for them, firm, calm, patient, and collaborative was the being level, was the context they needed to hold to be able to get their freedom back, to be able to achieve all the results they wanted. Well, this is important because especially on the C, I mean, you could always true up the results, right? Did we get the results we wanted or not? But that's almost like it's a, it's a lagging indicator. Now you could stay present to your results to be sort of a leading thing to go in. But the thing, the two that true you up are purpose and context. So if you're in a negotiation, I always say to people, hey, before you do something, especially if you feel yourself getting triggered, have an emotion come up, upset, anger, right? Um, fear or scarcity, you name it. If you get triggered in any way, before you do anything, think about your purpose and your context, okay? Is the next thing I'm going to say or do going to bring me closer to my purpose, in their case, getting their freedom back, or you know, move me further away? Is it true up to my context? In their case, am I firm, calm, patient, and collaborative? Is the next thing I'm going to do be consistent with that, or is it not going to be calm? for example. So it becomes this touchstone where you can true up to yourself, hopefully in real time, right, in negotiation. Um, but you can even, if you feel yourself triggered and, you, and you're sort of, you know, uh, in a place where you're just not thinking straight, you can say, hey, listen, let's take a little break. You know, I need to go to the restroom. Why don't we get some lunch, whatever it is. You're going to have a copy of your CPR with you, right? I'm going to talk about memorizing in in a second, but you're always going to carry a copy with you. You're not going to pull it out in the room during the negotiation, but on a break or et cetera, you can just pull it out and and chew yourself up, take a breath and say, okay, wow, am I holding to my context? Am I uh, moving towards my purpose? What should be my next comment, strategy, offering, whatever it is that's consistent with that, as opposed to it being consistent, for example, with my emotions in the moment. Now, Really, what I want you to do is actually memorize your context and your purpose. You should also know your results. You don't necessarily have, I mean, listen, if you can memorize it all, it's great. But the main thing is your context and your purpose, right? Your results, you can, you generally know you can always true up against those. You could have those on a checklist. Not so bad to have that in the, in the meeting. But you want to memorize your context and, and your purpose. So therefore, you want to keep those short. And you want to keep them short for two reasons. One is to be able to memorize them. So usually for me, and this doesn't have to be the way it works for you. But for me, the purpose is often a phrase or a sentence, similar to what you know I gave with the example of my clients, right? Get their freedom back. It's a phrase. Uh, the context for me is often three or four words. Like, again, they add firm, patient, calm, and collaborative. The, the, per, the, uh, the context could also be a, a phrase or a sentence. But in both cases, you don't want it more than a sentence. One, again, because you want to be able to remember it. But two, 
the process of distilling it down to a sentence or a phrase or a few words at, right? So a few words, a phrase or a sentence at most actually is, is what helps you get to the core of it. You see, if you write a paragraph, then you're not going to get to the essence of it, right? I mean, there's a lot of things that those clients could have said about what that purpose was, right? Their purpose was to, you know, help their clients be in a better environment, to be in a, in, in, in a better place to work, to gain control back over their decision-making, to, right? You, they could have written a story about that. They could have written pages. They could have written a paragraph. But when they pushed it down to its essence, what underlied all that was getting their freedom back. And for them, that meant freedom to have the clients be served the best, to have the, you know, their, their own decision made. All those other things were in that phrase. So the process of distilling it down gets you super clear and gets you to the essence of it, which is why if you do it right, it'll hit you at a gut level. And then it'll also be short and you can memorize it. So that is the CPR process. It is the single uh, most effective um, framework for applying the principles that I teach in negotiation and for having a successful negotiation. And I'm going to give you a little bonus tip uh, on the way out here. The cool thing about CPR, and by the way, I, I, I learned similar uh, approaches from my days in the Hunger Project. We had something called PNIR, which is Purpose and Intended Results, and then I had a ground of being with it, which is the same as context. I've done some men's work where they use this, this CPR framework in terms of you know the context. Um, so I didn't invent the concept of CPR. There are various versions of this out there, but I've applied it to negotiating. So here's the other cool tip. And I do this all the time. My wife and I both. It's a big uh, tool for us. You can do a CPR for outside the negotiating area as well. In fact, you can do a CPR for your business. You can do CPR for your health. You can do CPR for your relationship. You can do CPR for your life, right? Any area of your life, you, CPR is an unbelievably powerful tool to help drill down on exactly what you want, what your underlying why is, and who you need to be to get it. So uh, learn it for negotiation. Definitely uh, check out those chapters in the Authentic Negotiating book, but then apply it to other areas of your life. It is so, so powerful, folks. So with that, I want to thank you for listening. And There'll be future solo casts, but we're going to be moving away from the, uh, you know, from from uh, having it be about the book. Definitely pick up the book. I'm telling you, there's a lot of value in there. And uh, with that, thank you, Fueling Deals listeners, for tuning in. Remember, there's only one difference between companies that grow inorganically and those that don't. And it's unrelated to size, amount of capital, or any other factor. Other than, other than that, the owners and executives of companies that do deals make a decision to do deals. And then they take action. Well, it's time to refuel. So until next week, Corey Kupfer signing out. Thank you again for tuning in. Be sure to leave Fueling Deals a rating and review on iTunes and Google. Check out all our episodes at fuelingdeals.com to find out more resources to accelerate your business growth.